0: To them ears, them ears. How did you get them ears? A podcast where we focus specifically on ears of the animal kingdom. Robert, Rachel, last time we left off, our homework was to go and feel the ears of feral critters in our respective cities. What ears have you felt since last we spoke?
1: I didn't feel an ear, but I looked at it, the rat that my dog caught last week.
0: That's a good so that
1: kind of counts. I would count that personally. I, I, got I don't
0: close. think we've talked we've we've talked about rat ears yet, so that's a good that's good. Shark.
2: Someone told me owls don't have ears, so I've just been catching a bunch of owls and looking for them. My basement's just fucking full of owls.
0: Excellent. How many owls what? are you up to? Uh,
2: Eight hundred and forty-six. Just very good. Yeah, that's
0: a good amount of owls. I think with they that have ears. It, it, what What your findings brought you to the conclusion of?
2: How many owls do you have in your basement, Rachel? Huh? Significantly huh? less. Huh? Do you. your own research. Oh, sorry. You're
1: the owl expert. You're the owl expert.
0: Do <laughs> <laughs> your own research. No, 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 no. I've led you astray yet again. That's not what we're talking about here. Uh, our podcast is instead The Right Can't Read, uh, where we look at the oncoming collapse of society and with varying volumes and inflections, say, well today i'd I'm like excited
2: to, for today because aaron looks extra tired I'm,
0: i i don't know why like it's <laughs> been a very easy week normal I,
2: aaron is usually tired this aaron is <laughs> extra tired
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> well it's like i've gotta i'm making gumbo for people tomorrow so i had to go out and get all the stuff but i forgot some stuff and it's hot Jesus. outside and I've been fighting Walgreens website, which is garbage. Walgreens, if you're listening to this, get your shit together. <laughs> fucking tired of your website not liking Firefox for some fucking reason. Fuck you.
2: My favorite genre of thing since I've been learning web design is just like harshly critiquing every website I've been on, and everyone around me has loved it.
0: I that's a it's a quality thing. It's no everyone's everyone also loves when i complain about browsers that (laughs) Mm -hmm. don't function because everyone just fucking designs for chrome now it's yeah you
2: you are like uh you are in the genre of (laughs) firefox opera duck duck go weirdos
0: yeah well we're back at internet explorer dominating the market (laughs) except now it's fucking google so congratulations everyone we did it again but today
2: (laughs) i'm an edge stand.
0: You're an edge stan. Uh,
2: yeah, they call us fine. edgers. No, oh
0: no, no. I'm gonna kick you from this call now. <laughs> uh, we're not talking about that. We no. are talking about things that are downers. Uh, so, how excited are you to talk about things that are downers?
2: I'm pumped for our fourth attempt at a palate cleanser episode <laughs> that will fail miserably. <laughs> it's
1: like a light downer compared like, to it's, uh, other yeah. downers.
0: Yeah, they're they're. I don't use the Nazi word once dang so that's good that's
1: yeah that's something it
0: it is implied but it is not used so the other day i walked back from a grocery store here and redacted and i live in a weird spot okay The, the neighborhood two blocks north of me is designated a historic neighborhood and what that means is that at one point there were covenants in place that kept black people out of the area. <laughs> but once that was made... And you
2: wouldn't know they'd ever been lifted.
0: No. <laughs> no, well, because of this. Once <laughs> that was made illegal, wasps desperately needed a way to keep people who didn't look like them out of the neighborhood. So they landed on a thing called historic neighborhoods. Essentially, what that means is uh, they greatly restrict the development of new, you know, predominantly higher density buildings in favor of low-density, higher-value buildings. This means a couple of things. First, it means that you can have what is, in effect, a gated community right in the middle of a city. Like the neighborhood two blocks of me, you can have a vast chunk of the city dedicated to purely high-value, low-density, you know, mansions, that only go up in home value every year. Meaning that within that neighborhood, you don't find grocery stores, you don't find anything that's like recreational, aside from stuff that existed back in the 20s. Uh, or a and, nice park. Or a with nice park. excellent amenities. Yeah. Yep. That's on the edges. Like right, Man. right on the edge, but not in there.
1: That's true.
0: And you certainly don't find apartment buildings. Um, I think though that there are a couple of condo buildings on the southernmost edge, but who knows? So that means that buying into the neighborhood is both a a cost of buying a house, but also the cost of getting around to do things outside of the neighborhood. It is exactly the same sort of thing you find in gated communities in the burbs, but in a city. So you can rest assured that as you're walking your designer dog in your designer athleisure wear, you can see yard signs extolling the virtues of acceptance, praising Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and putting the socially acceptable MLK Jr. quotes on full display.
2: Fucking what is it related? like? The
1: science is real. Love is love yep. is love. Uh, yep. What are the other ones? You
0: you keep ranting. I need to go get tea to to, to <laughs> counter. Yeah, be right back. Keep ranting.
2: Uh, Aaron's doing tea instead of whiskey. I'm worried.
1: Yeah, something is really off yeah, today.
2: There, there's no Guinness, and he's got on a shirt that's a paragraph. Oh yeah, oh, he's not no. wearing a button up. <laughs> oh my god,
1: Aaron's in a t-shirt.
2: Somebody help
1: him. Uh, the world is really turning upside down.
2: i'm really excited for when he listens to this on the recording (laughs) for my angry signal message
0: i'm sorry i heard angry angry signal message and my ears perked up and i ran back
2: (laughs) oh you'll see
0: okay you'll see oh oh boy (laughs) all right
2: (laughs) i feel like people who unapologetically love ruth bader ginsburg are the left-wing version of people who tell me to listen to the joe rogan podcast. I have no evidence to support that. They just feel like the same folks.
0: I think there are similarities. Oh, yeah.
2: Any. So. Just like the unapologetic love of a shit poster. Yeah. It's bad on either side.
0: It is. It really is. Now, the second thing about this, aside from the art signs, is that it means like the lines drawn around these neighborhoods are arbitrary. And uh, in the course of conversations i have heard that the historic neighborhood of which i'm speaking was supposed to go all the way down to a thoroughfare but the lines were drawn by people who didn't actually live in the neighborhood so they missed the shop by a couple of blocks <laughs> that would be the most portland thing That's i've ever it. heard though it's someone yeah. in
2: the west hills like oh fuck it
0: yeah <laughs> and, and this would explain why i live where i live uh, so back in the 70s when developers still built apartment buildings that weren't luxury oriented They crammed as much as they could directly next to that line. And ta-da! Medium density, right next to low density. Further, this means that to the south of me is where you find places that have lower value housing and bits of real estate that, by and large, get ignored. And it's in these spaces where houseless people make camp. And as I walked back from the grocery store, I walked by a few tents. Some of them were in decent shape. One was collapsing. No one in them was having a good time because no one wants to live like that. And as I walked by, I thought about how the entirety of the redacted city council appears to want to round up the houseless and just put them in camps. It was like they'd heard the Dead Kennedys song, Kill the Poor, and thought it was (laughs) solid policy. And then I thought about Aaron
2: makes his pivot into being a grifter who just posts about how bad Portland has gotten on,
0: redacted has
2: gotten (laughs) On the social
0: media, yeah. Thank you for correcting yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be a YouTube video of Aaron walking past these houseless encampments, just furious. <laughs> a Snickers robber. <laughs> so you're saying Ted Wheeler's right about everything? Please. Continue. T- yeah, that
0: is exactly what I was saying. It, uh, that you nailed it. Yeah. So after all of this, I thought about how I was walking by another uh, different encampment. A while before that and saw in chalk one of the tense drug abuse comes from trauma, not ethical failing. (laughs) Then I thought about all Hmm. of the liberal friends I have who seem to be perfectly fine with the direction uh, the nation is going with regards to the houseless or if they protest, uh, they do it vocally over brunch in a recently gentrified neighborhood and then do nothing else. And then, as I walked back from the grocery store, a brand new Audi pulled up to the light across the street from me. Driving the Audi was someone who I can only describe uh, as a teenager with a rich boy haircut, rich boy complexion, and a shirt that read Duke Lacrosse. Oh, no. In the passenger seat was a girl who likewise oozed affluence. The light changed. And uh, the kid drove the Audi with the uncertain skills of a new driver. And I had one of my five Joker moments of that day. (laughs) You see, earlier that day, my $1,300 a month apartment with the horrible cabinets, chipping bathtub, untrustworthy plumbing, and terrifying electrical wiring became a (laughs) $1,400 apartment with horrible cabinets, chipping bathtub, untrustworthy plumbing, and terrifying electrical wiring. (laughs) The landlord cited... Increased costs and inflation, which translates to our algorithm told us that we could squeeze another hundred dollars a month out of you and still be considered a steal in redacted. And you know what? They're mm. fucking right because everywhere else around here is at least a hundred dollars more a month for a one bedroom apartment. God help you if you are in the, if you have a kid and you need to get a two bedroom or something. And it's for that reason that I will never own a home. You can't save enough money <laughs> to form a down payment. Because you can't fucking get ahead, because everything gets more expensive, because the fuckers on the ra- the West Hills keep just sucking the dick of every goddamn developer in this fucking city. <laughs> and it was at that point that I thought about <laughs> Keith David in They Live. <laughs> so we're going to talk about John Carpenter's <laughs> They Live. Are you ready? You ready for a palate cleanser episode about John Carpenter's <laughs> They Live? Let's this- go.
2: Feels like it's going to cleanse my palate. This feels peaceful. (laughs) Already, the energy
1: is wonderful. Yeah, Yeah. you have
2: huge, huge, what can only be described as huge coot energy (laughs) today.
0: And I'm here for it. So what do you, what do you two know about uh, They Live, John Carpenter, and possibly mostly Rasslin, Rasslin?
2: Well, Uh, I I love the movies of Rasslin and I John Carpenter in high school. Is that joke track? Is that yeah, is that's, that a funny? That's did, it, it. did it work?
0: Ha ha ha. You made a <it> funny. <laughs> uh
1: no, I don't know much about wrestling, uh, except for what I learned on Behind the Bastards the other week. And mm-hmm. um John Carpenter, I haven't seen many of his movies except for obviously Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then I've watched only a little bit of They Live so far. So yeah.
2: It is the second best Halloween movie.
0: What is the, the first best? best?
2: Age of the
1: Witch. I don't know what that
0: is. Is that Halloween, Halloween three? Seven. 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 Six. He Locked has not window. made all of these movies. Like so Carpenter made, I think just the first one. And then he did work on two and three, I think, and then it was uninvolved with the rest of them.
2: Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of Halloween movies, including oh, like the two new ones that came out and I haven't seen.
2: And then the two Rob Zombie ones, which were the new ones before the new yeah. ones. Mm. Yeah.
0: It is He's a... also
2: not a bad music.
0: <laughs> Rob Zombie's okay. Yeah. No, uh John Carpenter. Oh yeah, no, John is <laughs> like a great, great musician.
2: Rob Zombie isn't okay. Musician. Yeah, he's okay.
0: Yeah, no, John Carpenter's uh music is really fun. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's so Carpenter um is you know he he's been working for a very long time. He's a guy who uh you know directs, writes, does like the heavy lifting for all of his and he does that and he his spiel is that he um he just no one else is gonna get it right. And it's cheaper to do that. I think there's more truth in the no one else is going to get it right category that he says first. I don't, I don't know about the cheapness. Um, but he, he's he got a lot of really great movies. Uh, they Live, The Thing, Halloween, Big Trouble in Little China, uh, Dark Star, which one is, is, is one that no one sees, which is a really weird one that he made with the guy who wrote Alien. Escape from New York. <laughs> Escape from New York. Yeah, Escape from L.A. Not all of them are hits, but, you know.
2: The best part of John Carpenter is that he's totally willing to just make a garbage movie way better than anyone else has ever yeah, done it.
0: Exactly. And he's done that multiple times in his career,
2: <laughs> Yeah, including <laughs>
0: Ghosts of Mars, which is <laughs> not a great one, but I, I name drop later on. So, you know, yeah. Um, so that's my little spiel about, uh, you know, John Carpenter. But he's also remarkable because he was a big fan of wrestling. And he went to WrestleMania 3, uh, where he met Alice Cooper, who appears uh, in a cameo in uh, Prince of Darkness mm. as a possessed homeless man. And then. Uh, he or just also, Alice Cooper. Or just Alice Cooper. And he also met Rowdy Roddy Piper. Who Icon. May, yeah. Who you may know as the Maniac from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
2: Or the Maniac from yeah. being Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> from
0: being Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you know, a a, one of these directors who I like a lot, and
2: uh, he's one of the only like weird, strange, like quasi art housey guys who's also like mainstream successful,
0: yeah. Well, because I he never really pitches himself as art house, yeah, he always goes out of his way to talk about his stuff in like a working director stance and not like grand visionary. Yeah. And when he approaches trying to talk about politics as he does in They Live, he is very careful to make sure that he's uh stressing the fact that he is not a smart man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which would be better if everybody yeah. did it.
0: Yeah. Basically, Carpenter's a really stand-up dude who just wants to play video games and watch basketball these days.
2: <laughs> Sounds like a decent
0: yeah. guy. Good dude. He, he there's some zombie game coming out that's got his name splattered on it. And he was like, yeah, they call them infested, but man, they're ghouls. Look at them. There's a lot of them and they explode real good when you shoot them. He's a good dude. I like John Carter. So during the late 80s in this country, we had a god king by the name of Ronald Reagan. (laughs) And I feel that he is the contemporary era's chief bastard. We have had many bastards in our nation's history, but so much of what has gone horribly, horribly wrong in this country can be traced back to Reagan specifically. Uh, and one of his campaign ads just lives in my head, rip. And it's the "Morning in America" speech. Okay. Oh, it's not a speech; it's an ad, but it's basically like, uh, "Oh, I've got it here today." Me- more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country, with high in- with interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980. Nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes, more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married, and with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America, and under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? It's an ad that hits all of the standard GOP talking points and Democrat for that for that matter yeah. that insists the insists that inflation and interest rates are the devil and must be eliminated. It mm-hmm. is, of course ignores the policies that led to loosening of regulations, increased influence of evangelical Christianity, the debts of thousands of the AIDS crisis, the destruction of social safety nets, and increased militarism. It is, in short, the apotheosis of the Reagan era. And in one of American Psycho's brief moments of lucidity, one of Patrick Bateman's colleagues watches a Reagan speech on a bars TV and says something to the effect of, that man is the world's biggest son of a bitch, and he gets away with it because he acts like a kindly grandpa.
2: I will not hear any American Psycho slander.
0: No, it's a great movie, but okay. like it's not a lucid movie.
2: That's fair. Yeah. That's fair.
0: <laughs> uh someone else who, yeah all that.
2: those guys are just ronald reagan without yeah. being a like comforting grandpa figure he's yeah, just a it, guy from him he's just bateman
0: yeah and it's like the the it, you get the sense that the guy who says that is the only one at the table who is not currently on coke yeah <laughs> and uh um, someone else who thought that about reagan was john carpenter in an interview with the LA Times, he said, by the late 80s, I'd had enough, and I decided to make a statement, as stupid and banal as it is, but I made one, and that's how they live. <laughs> I just love it. Love that it was giving the finger to Reagan when nobody else would. Oh, yeah. Now, Carpenter is not a political filmmaker, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. He He's not like art house, art house uh, what he does though is he plays with the fears of Americans, like collapsing urban centers and escape from New York, or gang warfare and assault war- and assault on precinct thirteen, or the encroaching fear of our history of genocide coming back to bite us in the ass in Ghosts of Mars. Again, it's not a good movie, but he does a bad movie well.
2: And you can also like write endless video essays about the suburban fear of crime, true yeah true crime podcasts, <clears throat> and the movie Halloween.
0: Exactly. Yeah, he has done so much in his career that is just. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 tracks what they live. So, um, I'm gonna go through the plot a bit. I'm gonna try to keep it brief. So we're gonna see how I do because I love this movie a lot and I love talking about it. And also, she, Rachel has not finished it, so it's this okay. is gonna be fun. Uh, so the film follows a drifter named John Nada. As he sidles into Los Angeles from Denver in an attempt to make a living after jobs ran dry back home. It's like a Bruce Springsteen narrator. (laughs) Uh, So in this movie, Roddy, I'm just going to call him Roddy because I will trip over the full title that he deserves. uh, Affects a wholesome kind of like shucks, ma'am" American charm in the first third of the movie.
2: I always forget that Rowdy Rowdy Piper is the star of this movie, and it's always such a pleasant surprise.
0: Co-star, Keith David, holds up a lot of this movie, too. That's true. Yeah. Uh, So he talks his way into a job on a unionized construction site and makes the acquaintance of Frank, who is played by Keith David, another construction worker who also happens to be homeless. Frank brings Nada to his camp out in a not-so-great part of L.A. next to an Episcopalian church there nada gets a a decent meal and offer to help out around the camp and a conversation with frank here are the highlights and uh rachel you you can throw on earmuffs if you don't want spoilers because this keith david delivers it perfectly
1: no it's okay i've seen
0: okay oh yeah okay yeah so frank i have a wife and kids in detroit i haven't seen them in six months steel mills were laying people off left and right they finally went under We gave the steel companies a break when they needed it. Know what they gave themselves? Raises. The golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rule. Mm -hmm. They close one more factory. We should take a sledgehammer sledgehammer to one of their fancy fucking bar and guards. (laughs) Nada. You know, you ought to have a little more patience with Frank. Yeah, well, I'm all out. The whole deal is like some kind of crazy game. They put you at the starting line, and the name of the game is to make it through life. Only everyone's out for themselves and looking to do you in at the same time. Okay, man, here we are. You do what you can, but remember, I'm going to do my best to blow your ass away. So how are you going to make it? Frank
2: is short for Frederick Angles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nada, I deliver a hard day's work for my money. I just want the chance. It'll come. I believe in America. I follow the rules everybody's got their own hard times at the end of his response so rachel can you describe the look that frank gives nada at the end of his reply
1: oh i don't know if i can if i remember his exact face because in my mind i was thinking this guy is so annoying with that line like i'm just trying to make it and i believe in america and blah 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 blah. like i'm just
0: well that is frank's look okay all right (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, and there there's like a there are several things going on on the look that is that Frank gives him like you know you you sorry son of a bitch you really believe that
1: yeah another read yeah. is
0: like well yeah you believe that because you're white mm-hmm. uh, a whole lot is going on and uh, shortly after this Nada sees a pirate uh, broadcast signal come through the t- the camp's TV and the signal kind of warns uh, anyone watching is that they are being lulled in, into subservience by an alien species that's taken over power structures all over the world uh and i'm gonna be just kind of cramming a lot of this movie in so this is not too much of spoilers but basically not a follow figures out where this broadcast is coming from and it's coming from the thing and he stumbles across Batman. yep uh stumbles across an operation dedicated to freeing the minds of humanity. Uh, they do this first by manufacturing special sunglasses that tune out the signals broadcast by aliens. This, we find come to find out, allows people to see the subliminal messaging put into every media in the world, as well as see the true face of the aliens. But before that happens, the camp is destroyed by cops as cover for raiding, the op- ra- for raiding the operation out of the church.
2: What you know, a crazy science fiction story. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, so it's great. I was listening to the um, uh, commentary track with Carpenter and uh, Roddy, and Roddy had lived in these situations before and had seen these sweeps. And oh. he was talking about, like, how this was a hard shoot for him because he had to kind of... He, he went into a bit of PTSD from mm. that, and he's talking about, like, how uh it wasn't much more fictionalized than what he'd gone through and indeed if you've ever been present at a sweep uh it's not good it's not good for anyone uh and you should stop the sweeps in fact one might say a so radical it, theory, very radical yes <laughs> mm. uh so you know it, it i i think it's pretty similar to what we see daily Almost daily now in redacted, but I don't think that the redacted police bureau was dumb enough to beat a preacher to death in the streets in front of people. They might although be. I knows? have
2: literally seen them beat a preacher.
0: Okay. Really? I, I never saw yeah. that one, but wow. I'm not, not
2: like beat, but like put hands on a preacher.
0: Okay. Yes. They they beat a preacher to death in, yeah. the, in the movie, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, there was a uh, the interfaith clergy resistance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they were not treated well by the redacted police bureau. So um, the next day, Nada finds some sunglasses and he sees the truth of the world. Billboards, ads, magazines and newspapers send messaging messages reading, obey, consume, marry and reproduce and respect authority to anyone who looks at them under the influence of the signal. But more importantly, he sees that aliens walk among us in the guise of bankers, executive cops, just about every station. For someone who uh, just stumbled onto the truth of the world, he handles it pretty well. Uh, He wanders into an upscale grocery store, sees that every person in the grocery store is actually an alien, starts insulting them, and then hears a campaign speech with several nods to the Reagan administration, including the famous Morning in America ad. In dis- direct response to that, Nada he, like Rowdy laughs and says, "Yeah, it figures it would be something like this." Shortly after, this is when he goes on a bit of a killing spree. Uh, he attacks aliens in the street and in the bank before going on the lam, uh, reuniting with Frank for the minutes long for a minutes long alleyway brawl in an attempt to force the glasses on Frank, and then joining the human resistance. Against the aliens uh, after they do that, uh, their resistance thing is uh, attacked by cops. And uh, Nada and Frank zap themselves into an alien facility using uh, devices. Uh, there, they chance upon a banquet celebrating the success of the alien plan. Aliens and their human collaborators rejoice in being able to pull one over on humanity and make bank doing it. As Nada and Frank sit in the back of the room, they see one of the, the camp members they recognize, and he recognizes them. And then he gives them a tour of the facility, leading them right to the the place where the aliens broadcast the master signal that keeps humans asleep.
1: Wait, the person that they saw in the camp, is he an alien?
0: No, he's a collaborator.
1: Oh, okay. So still a human, but...
0: Yeah. So Nada and Frank turn on him. He tries to convince them to join the aliens by saying, Well, what's the threat? We all sell out every day. Might as well be on the winning team. And that is a line delivered to Carpenter by a studio executive who read the script and didn't understand why the aliens were a threat. Wow. Jesus
2: Christ, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So then that guy escapes. Can you
2: imagine? That's a genre. That's like so... Reading the script and they live and being like, seems like they're good for the economy is just everything I hate about
1: the world. And then, then, can you imagine being that guy? Like, if you see that movie and you recognize that line that you said, said, The Carpenter,
0: that man will not recognize that he said that. That is a fleeting instance that made him no money. He does not remember it.
1: (laughs) That'd be cool if he did, though.
0: Yeah, I, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we would live in a more poetic and just world if he did, but yeah, no, guaranteed. Um, So why I think this movie fucking, aside from uh, Roddy Piper being surprisingly charismatic and Keith David being as awesome as he ever is, is primarily because it has a central, simple message. The people who make the most money are ghouls, and they want to benefit themselves at the expense of everyone else. And the movie, climate change, houseless camp sweeps, intra-class fights, and so much more are caused at the root by a species that knows how to manipulate. It is again a simple takeaway brought about by John Carpenter's anger about yuppies in Reagan's America. The movie, in his and many others' words, is not sci-fi; it's a documentary. People like Zizek. Zizek, do you how do you pronounce that man's name?
2: Slavoj uh, Zizek.
0: Thank you, Slavoj. That's what I thought it was. Zizek.
2: Zlav, Zlav, Zlavoj are nasty.
0: <laughs> so he goes on these these big old speeches about this movie, about like the gla- the glasses in the movie representing like the removal of ideology and very
2: it's in his documentary perverts guide to ideology which is a great watch if you're into ukrainian men yeah i don't know if he's ukrainian Eastern european men just yelling i think
0: he's slovenian but i'm not sure
2: he just yells incoherent nonsense in a vaguely eastern european accent
0: yeah and i i've I've been told by multiple people that i should check out but
2: he's fine
0: yeah and you know,
2: philosophy.
0: My thing is about this specifically and I get the feeling all of this this is how I would feel about a lot of what he says is that it's just gilding the lily.
2: Yeah.
0: What uh, is that?
1: What do you mean by that?
0: Fancifying stuff when it's really simple to explain.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Uh, so when John Nada puts on the glasses he's able to see through the signal and see the truth about the world and that alone is a huge metaphor without trying to bring in marxism or whatever ideology you want to talk about. Uh, and the metaphor of putting on the glasses is something that should hit home to anyone who has tried to argue with anyone else about what sorts of changes are needed in the world. <laughs> for me, the one that stands out most solidly is a series of arguments I had recently with people in redacted about the eviction representation bill. It was a bill on a ballot in a midterm re- election that would have provided funds to get gar- to to pay for guaranteed eviction representation in court. At the cost of capital gains taxes. It was shot down solidly by like a fucking three to one margin. This is the
2: third episode in a row. I'm, I'm still so fucking
0: happened. pissed at this city. <laughs> and every goddamn liberal city that is just sitting by as massive amounts of people are rendered houseless. While they also just do everything they can to kill those people. And it, was- ev- every argument I had felt like the fucking scene in They Live where Roddy Piper and Keith Dave, David fight in an alleyway for eight fucking minutes sorry you were you were saying something
2: i was trying to have a conversation about this with my sister i was like joe biden and donald trump are like politically like inches apart on the full political spectrum like they're the same dude like not in the sense that one of them isn't worse than the other yeah trump's worse but, like we have two degrees of the like political pie chart represented and like yeah. the difference between fucking Selma Alabama and redacted Oregon is yeah. just fucking mm-hmm. inches yeah
1: yeah the Venn diagram is nearly one circle
2: yeah yeah with like nice yard signs on one edge that's not on the other and then like
0: planned American. shit yeah.
1: Yep, yep don't tread on me <laughs> yeah. On
2: yeah and that's the only thing that doesn't overlap it's, entirely
0: it's a difference of aesthetics at a certain point it's like the republicans are going to stab you in the throat democrats are going to stab you in the back but they're going to tell you that they're doing it to help everyone yeah. as you bleed out because you don't have health insurance anymore because it's tied to your employer and you're unemployed yeah. because <laughs> they laid you off because they put ai into your fucking job now <laughs>
2: Oh God! I was talking to my sister about AI today, and she's like, "Do you think it's going to take people's jobs?" And I was like, "No, I think it's going to fucking ruin your Amazon order. Like, it's going to take away <laughs> data entry jobs." And then no, it's get-
0: uh, it's already it it's studios are starting to use it to like greenlight shit. And no,
2: I mean they made that whole fucking intro trailer thing. Yeah, no, but, this, like, this is oh, yeah, what I need
0: I'm- to
1: watch. That
0: no, you don't. No, don't watch Not worth it. it. Don't don't give Marvel more fucking things. Have it's- you seen it? no oh
1: okay i <laughs> thought you saw it and then are telling me not to see it I'm no like, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> no I, the, it's like secret wars just go read the comics if you want to go check that out like it's probably going to be better but i was
2: so pilled on ai when it started and i was like you know yeah i know we just released be cool. that episode, and yeah. i'm just like more and more disappointed I was waiting for every that. time i it was use cool. it
0: yeah i was I re-listening we gonna, to the, like, the ep-
2: attack and dethrone truth yeah and we're just gonna make worse Captain America
0: movies. What did I fucking say during our episode? <laughs> and I was re-listening to that, and I thought, oh, Shark's gonna-
2: Can we do something Shark cool for
0: understand. once? No. One no. time! No. No,
1: it always gets ruined. Ever. Everything always.
0: gets co-opted. What is our podcast about, Shark? I just <laughs> wanted
2: it to destroy the New York Times instead of the Writers Guild. But no. I so
0: close. Fucking moron. You know? <laughs> Never have hope.
2: Never have a, yeah. Instead of being instead of it being a joker moment, this is it. This is my Roddy Rowdy Piper afication.
0: What a this is the exact point I make in, yeah. in this movie, in this script about the movie. See, didn't misspeak. So, we it's like we as a species, we are hardwired to ignore the things that give us the bummers that lead us down this, these kind of conversations. The I'm bummers. sure about this. I I think this is the simplest explanation for why people who claim to be compassionate would bug out and become reactionary when they are asked to sacrifice, say, a future portion of a home sale if it means getting people protection from being evicted from their fucking homes. This is also the simplest explanation for why those same people would acknowledge why our country is completely failing vast swaths of the population but bounce immediately off of the need to do literally anything, even just fucking mailing in a piece of paper or look up the stance of people on that piece of paper acknowledging that changing things for the better takes work and sweat and tears that's a bummer and we as a species we don't want that we want to sell out a little bit and get on the winning team
1: wait you know what this reminds me of a little bit yeah uh the submarine
0: I fucking hate this this story. We were talking about this last night, Rachel. Uh (laughs) Don't get me goddamn started on (laughs) this story. I think everyone at the table was, I don't know, I was toasted at that point, so I just assumed that everyone agreed with me when I said, oh, fuck, who cares, they're they're business people. We do all agree. Yeah. 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 My fucking- CEO who hated safety regulations fucking killed himself and five other people who were all rich assholes, so-
2: my sister was like what do you think about all this and i was like every dead billionaire is good (laughs) (laughs) that seems harsh who cares
0: (laughs) yeah a friend of mine was like getting bummed out that that one of them was only 19 and i said your christian compassion will be your undoing
2: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah a lot of young bastards in the world
0: oh yeah so all of us not the not the submarine thing but everything around it makes me think another thing and this is about like hustle culture and about the incredibly disturbing trend to brand our lives as content and like back in 2012 i knew a guy who was struggling to be an actor right and he wasn't getting anywhere until he started getting gigs and commercials except he wasn't referring to them as commercials he was referring to them as sponsored content oh no and back then i thought well that sounds awful 12. wow yeah. yeah early days yeah and back then i thought well that sounds awful but i didn't really think more about it but now we live in a world where giant movie stars record ads for commercials they're in beside behind the scenes looks at shooting a fucking commercial how fucked up is this we we also live in a world where kids on Instagram fake sponsorships from companies in order to get real sponsorships from other companies. And companies ads have become this horrible style where it's like something out of a fucking snuff film, where someone is like looking into <laughs> their phone camera, wide eyed and like unblinking, and they're like, "Hey guys, I need to talk to you about an amazing new product that changed my life." And it's you can't hear it because they might they're using their phone and their mic needs to be cleaned, and it's just for fucking clout, and it's all for fucking clout. We've been turned into a society of fame chasers, because the alternative alternative is a drudgery at nine to fives, and it's all fucking exhausting, because that's the goddamn point. You can't be a good consumer if you're not exhausted, and exhausted people are easier to pitch bullshit to. We live in an economy that thrives on bullshit. And I promised shark <laughs> that we wouldn't spend much time on rants. My episode, So I'll stop. And I won't rant about how now selling out is just fucking embraced. <laughs> I mean, I have to go
2: in like five minutes. So go ahead. Finish yeah, your rant. No,
0: no, 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 no. I'm going to try to get through the script. So look, we're look. never going to get through it. No, no. We're almost there. I swear to God. The point is, as with so many things in our podcast, that art should make you feel things, right? Carpenters They Live is not a vast critique of the capitalist system as well as a pitch of how to fix it. It is a primal scream of an angry man who looks at the round of the world and, like Howard Beale in Network, shouts, I'm mad as hell. And if we had more time, I'd talk about how society needs to put on the goddamn glasses or start eating the trash can. Or how those of us on the left need to say, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I am all out of bubblegum. But we don't have that time. We don't have that time. Shark has to leave in like five minutes. (laughs) Ostensibly, this is a palate cleanser episode. (laughs) So instead, I'll just say that this movie and others like it are great opportunities to get out a primal, cathartic shout. Sure, it may have been co-opted by some heinous fucking people leading to Carpenter having to reiterate on multiple occasions throughout the years that it is, in fact, about yuppies and greed and not about Jews, but that does not mean that it does not fucking rule. (laughs) Rowdy Roddy Piper, being a guy whose brain was literally broken by a lifetime of wrestling, leading him to becoming a conspiracy crank and buddies with Alex Jones, does not take away from his charm in this movie, or in real life, or the way he works well with Keith David. Because sometimes you just need a primal scream but you shouldn't let that be the end point. Like John Nada, you should take action and help people out of the destructive cycle of greed, deprivation, and yes, selling out. That has become the norm of this world. So I'm going to end on a single question. Shark, Rachel, which of you is going to put on these glasses and which of you is going to eat that trash can?
2: I feel like this was your Kennedy assassination moment on this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I saw an unhinged craziness in your eyes that I can only describe as incredibly
0: hot. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time anyone has said that about me, so thank you.
1: Oh man, and we didn't even go into the whole uh, yeah Instagram bot farm. No, thing. it's
0: terrible. It's fucking terrible.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> everything is a goddamn travesty in this world. So that's your palate cleansed. Do you feel cleansed? <laughs> Great feeling good guys (laughs) oh god and i think yeah this may be the first episode that's gone well under 90 minutes (laughs) i know you kept it
2: this is a tight 45
0: there you go so with that what are your closing thoughts and which of you is going to eat the goddamn trash can
2: (laughs) oh i mean yeah all the john carpenter movies are good watch them all they're all great and just remember that like Ronald Reagan couldn't functionally dress himself at the end of his presidency, Did not, which is not a knock on people who can't dress themselves, but presidents, yeah. none of us are qualified for that job. No, no
0: That's
2: one true. should have
0: that job. No, that no should one. be an AI. Yeah, it
2: should, should be, be a machine
0: yes. that you feed in yes or no questions to, and it goes yes or no.
2: <laughs> I like it. Magic eight yeah. ball for president. <laughs> magic eight yes. ball for
0: president. I think that's that's it. So listener, that's most fair way to do it. Everyone in the next election, write in magic, magic eight ball eight. for words.